Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Hey, why don't you guys give it for our worship team, man? That was beautiful. They did a great job. Charity is incredible. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely beautiful morning. Uh, Thank you guys for everybody sitting over there. We know we're overflowing. Um, Hey, guys, just a heads up as a church, at at some point, probably sooner than later, we're going to go to two services, okay? And uh, this is exciting. Our birthday was slamming and and I haven't used the word slamming since the 90s, but anyway, and, uh, but it's, it's just, it's great. Thank you, servant leaders. Thank you, everybody, for your extra grace. We know uh, we're getting a little full, and uh, we know it's coming, and uh, so thank you, guys. Uh, one more big hand, man, just for all the servant leaders. They do, they do a killer job, and they're working hard, and we, we couldn't do anything without them. So, hey, if you don't know me, my name is Matt. My lovely wife is, is back there. Uh, we, we had two kids and we had twins. Come on, somebody. And uh, you can only watch so much Netflix during COVID, all right? And, and so here we are, twins later. And, and uh, but anyway, we're done. That's the finale, in case you're wondering. Okay, we're not Mormon here. We're Christian. And so we don't believe in 12 children. And I'm just joking, all right? But, but anyway, we're done. That's, we're done. And, and, uh, but today, we're starting a new series uh, called Big God. Uh, we just kind of feel like continuing going. Today, I want to I talk about Big God, Deep Mercy. I haven't preached on the mercy of God in a while, and I think you're really in for a great day. Uh, I hope you take some notes. I, I hope you lean into it. Uh, follow us along. We'll have some scriptures and, and get your Bible out on your phone or, or whatever. Uh, but I, I think today is, is very impactful because, uh, man, the mercy of God, when you get a revelation of his mercy, that just changes the entire paradigm. It really does. And so we're going we're gonna to kind of just jump into this today. To get us started, I've got a picture of the USS Vandenberg. Uh, any divers out there? Any, any divers? Am I the only? I'm the only one. Okay, great. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, this ship has really got a neat story. World War II. Uh, it was used in the 60s during the Cold War. Uh, it's kind of a spy ship. That's why it's got some satellites on it. So they took it off the coast of Key West, and then they decided to sink uh, this boat so that divers could just go and explore. And they, they gutted all the dangerous things, but they left a lot of things intact, uh, and then they sunk it. So you can hit the next uh, photo there for me. So and they got some cool flags down there, and you can actually dive uh, into the satellite part and under, and you can actually go into the ship itself. It's, it's massive, and you can see like the living quarters and the control room, and it's just it's a lot of a lot of fun. There's there's another um, a diving buddy that we you get to go in the thing, and just all around, it's just absolutely incredible uh, experience. Uh, while I was in there, we went around the corner of one of the rooms, and a massive several hundred pound grouper was there. That was terrifying, and so it's just really just a neat experience. Uh, but 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 this, this ship rests at about 100 and some, I think to about 140, 150 feet of water. And so up to this point, uh, I had done dives that were, you know, 20 feet, reefs, and 30 feet, and 60 feet. But this was the deepest that I had ever dove. In fact, at one point, I got a little under 100 feet, and you really want to stay around that the 100-ish thing. And I remember thinking that I'm 100 feet underwater, and I just had this thought like, man, if something goes wrong, I am not going to get to the surface in one breath, right? Like, I'm not going to easily be able to go to the surface as if I was in 30 feet of water. I'm in nice and deep. I'm in a little bit of trouble. I can't get out in one breath because of the depth. What I want to submit to you today is that the mercies of God are deep. They are not shallow waters. It is hard to get out of his mercy. Come on, if you're a believer, that should get you excited. We're just saying Jesus paid it all to all him I owe, right? Sin had left a what? A crimson stain. He washed it. Why? So the mercy of God 
is deep. It is not easy to get out of. These are not shallow waters we're swimming in. They are deep waters. The Bible says in 2 Samuel that David says, he goes, I'm in great distress. Let's fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercy is great. Ephesians 2, 4, Paul says, but God who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Lamentations 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are deep waters. Luke 1, 50, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God visits us with mercy. Uh, Wayne Grudem is a systematic theologian. This is one of my favorite definitions of mercy. And he said, mercy is God's goodness toward those in misery and distress. It's his mercy. It's his goodness toward those who are in distress. Have you ever been in distress and needed some mercy? All right, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this story, but it just fits really well, so I couldn't get away from it. Uh, several years ago, about, I don't know, eight to ten years ago, I, I was working... I've spent my whole life in ministry. I've had several different jobs. I was a youth pastor several times. I traveled as a full-time speaker for a number of years. Um, and then I was a teaching pastor, ran small groups. So I've done a little bit of everything before we planted this church. So about 18, 19 years in, in ministry. And so, but I, I had one particular boss um, and, and uh, just a challenging boss. You ever had a challenging boss? Anybody out there? Okay, everybody else has had perfect careers, but a few of us have had some challenging bosses. And so I was just a challenging person, challenging individual to work for, right? Very little appreciation. And even when it was, it never really quite felt sincere. It just always felt a little, just a little, you know, off. And, and so quite demanding and just all these things that just made it challenging. Well, one particular day, I'm getting ready and I'm about ready to preach uh, to this school and so I'm like, I've got this on my mind. I've got, I'm getting ready to step up and speak to about 200 students. So like, I've got a lot going on and, and they're, they're a little bit after me, right? All afternoon, they're just kind of after me, kind of after me. And, and there another guy that we were working on this project for, we're, we're texting back and forth, complaining about our boss, right? Like it's just, it never seems to be enough. I've got all this th stuff going on. So I'm, I'm, the boss is texting me. And I'm like trying to respond back and be like, hey, I'll get right to it, blah, 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 I got this going on. And I'm trying to get ready for this like, you know, public speaking presentation. And then I'm talking to the guy and then the, the conversation turns sour. Now we're complaining about the boss. I accidentally, yeah, you know where this is going, right? <laughs> I accidentally sent the text intended for my friend and fellow coworker about my boss to... My boss. Yeah. Not my finest moment. And no, not, not at all. And so, of course, they called. And I'm like, I'm about ready to jump in front of 200 kids. I'm sorry. I'll call you back. Right? So in my head, I, I get through that day, and I'm, I call my wife. I said, if I, if I don't have a job by the end of the day, it's my fault. Okay? Like, I just want you to know, I'm sorry. Okay? We're destitute. It's, it's on me. Okay? And so we have a conversation and then we meet in person several days later and have another conversation. And I'm part, and I'm very, you know, I was like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, here it is. And, and, and in the end, a few things got a little healthier and some things never changed. Right now in that moment, I'm grateful. My boss chose mercy and didn't fire me. And I still had a job. I could still pay the bills and, you know, provide for the family. Right. Come on. So God is, God is good. Okay. The lesson, the moral of the story here is be careful what you text and who you texted to, right? I mean, isn't texting terrifying? 
I caught my, my toddler the other day, pick up my phone and start punching numbers into somebody. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is crazy. My wife did something. She took my phone, or she took her phone, but she was signed into my Instagram account. Apparently, after 18 years of marriage, you can just do whatever you want, okay? So, like, we've been married long enough. I'm like, whatever. You know, and she made a comment on somebody else, but it looked like it was from me. And it was like another, and I was like, baby, this is how stuff gets started, okay? Like, you got to tell them what happened, you know? Like, this is, anyway. She did and deleted it. And I was like, man, these phones are terrifying. Like, my watch is terrifying. You ever watch this start stringing? Like, you start talking, and it's like, sir, he's like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Like, don't text anybody anything. So, anyway, be careful. Be careful what you text. But my boss chose mercy, and I, I got to keep, keep my job there. Psalms 103 says, God is sheer mercy and grace. He's not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag and scold or hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. As high as the heaven is over the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. As far as sunrise is from sunset, he's separated us from our sins. What a, what a beautiful thought. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. Um, one of my favorite actors is Hugh Jackman, and I just have always enjoyed his, his acting. I, I, he's always going to be Wolverine to me, okay? Like, that's just, like, I, I hope he comes back in the, in the Marvel Universe, maybe. Uh, but he did a movie called Les Mis. Anybody see Les Mis in here? So it's, it's an older movie, but, but it's, a, it's just a, it's a great one. And, uh, and it, it's based, you know, of course, off the, the novel. And, and so, but in, in this moment, you have Jean Valjean, and uh, he did, I think, about 20 years or 18, 19 years of, of time in prison, hard labor, right, and, and around the times of the French Revolutionist uh, period of time. And, uh, and so he's, you know, hard labor, he, and he gets released, but he's on parole, right? And so he goes to visit the home of a priest, and uh, the priest invites him in and feeds him uh, dinner, right? Feeds him a, a wonderful meal. And, and at dinner time, Jean Valjean happens to notice all the, the silver plates and everything around. And, and so he's thinking in his mind, he's like, man, I, I can't find work anywhere. I'm going to steal all of this silver and, and try to get out of here. And so in the middle of the night, uh, he's sleeping. Everybody else is asleep. The, the priest is asleep. And he gets up in the middle of the night. He tiptoes to the kitchen and he snags all of the silver, right? And, uh, and then he takes off only to be caught by some French police and, and they bring him back to, to the priest. And, uh, and they, they knock on the door, and the priest comes to the door, uh, and they say, they say, we have caught him, Father, you know, like, we, we got your silver back, don't worry, everything is good. Can you believe it? This man lied to us and told us that you gave it to him. That's his story, that you gave it to him. And the priest looked at him, of course, knowing that he stole the silver, and he said, my friend, I'm so glad you've come back, you forgot the candlesticks as well. And he goes and he gets the candlesticks and he hands it to him. And he says, be blessed, you know, on your journey. I set you free. And this is kind of the moment that he gets the candlesticks and he realizes the priest is showing him mercy. And he doesn't quite know what to do with it. And as the story goes, it's just kind of a beautiful redemption story that, that kickstarts a new trajectory for his life. And he begins to add value to, to other people in the rest of, of the movie. It's just kind of a beautiful thing. And it got me thinking on this very powerful concept Mercy creates new beginnings. Mercy allows for fresh starts. Mercy allows for do-overs, and it, and it literally has the ability and the power to change the trajectory of a life, a relationship, a marriage, a, a child. Mercy. Mercy. It creates 
new beginnings. And we all need it. We all need this wild concept called mercy because we've all made mistakes. We've all done something wrong and selfish or, you know, quasi-evil, however you want to cut it. That, that, that line of good and evil is in every single human heart, and we all are in need of mercy. As I mentioned, my wife and I, we've been married 18 years, and so it's long enough to really get to know each other well. And one of the things that stresses my wife out is when our kids don't eat well. And then what really stresses her out is if they're sick. So if they're not eating well and they're sick, my wife is just crispy. I don't know how to say it, right? Like, like just that, that just a little, like, like well done, right? Like just this, like she's just on edge, right? She's, she's like 1990s alternative, angry for no reason at all, right? Like, like she's just edgy and grungy. Like, I don't, it's just, it's like, I just know it, right? And so this was about a month ago, like my, my daughter, Juliana had, she had a UTI and it was really painful for her. So she's sick. We're dealing with that. The kids aren't, aren't eating well. And my wife is in a crispy mood, like, like just all day long. I can't do anything right. Like, like I got in trouble just for showing up. Right. You know, you know, guys, it's so funny. Like sometimes you go and like hug your wife or whatever. You're like, what's up, baby? And, you know, and they're like, yeah. And then other times you go up and you're like, get away from me. You're disgusting. Like, don't touch me. Like, it's just like, I'm like, well, okay. Like, you know, like, and that was one of those days where I'm like, man, I'm not doing nothing, nothing right here. And, and, uh, and all day long, like, I just like, I was like, oh yeah. Like Juliana's sick. The kids aren't eating well. She's not like, I get it. And so I'm just like, nice. I'm calm. I'm not reacting to the comments. You know how your spouse can just hit you with those comments, right? Like your spouse knows where every single red button is that you got, right? Like they, every single irritable button, they know how to push it, right? No one can make you mad like your spouse, right? Because they know all your weaknesses and they're like, I know which button to, oh, this is the nukes right here. Like, boom, we're going to set this thing off. And so like she was just pushing and I was like, you know what? I just, I'm just going to, I just mercy. I know what she's going through. And by the end of that day, she's like, babe, I'm so sorry. I know, you know, and, and, and I was like, this is great. This is my apology, right? Like, and, 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 and she's like, I'm so sorry. She goes, thanks. Thanks for being just awesome today. Like, and I was like, babe, I got it. Like, I got this. The kids are sick. They're not eating well. I know why you're mad. And like every now and then I'm like, I got marriage. Okay, there are days I'm like, I don't understand this thing at all, you know? And then there's other days I'm like, I know a few things now. Like, I know, and, and, and that was one of those days, like, I, I, just, I just got it. it. I share that story to say this, that, guys, sometimes if the flavor of your marriage is off, you might need to sprinkle a little mercy on it. Because you pointing out your spouse's flaws doesn't change the flavor of the marriage. That'll just preach right there, and we could just stop. Sometimes what your spouse needs isn't to know they're doing it wrong. They just need mercy. You're cooking a soup. You taste it. You're like, something's off. You sprinkle a little salt on, right? If you don't like the taste of a soup, you got to stop and say, what are the ingredients I'm putting in that gives me the taste that I've got in my mouth? And we often think, oh, it's just them. It's just them. Okay. But what are you, what are you adding to that? That mixture, because marriage is a mixture of two people. It always is, right? So what, what are the things that you're, you're adding? Are you sprinkling some mercy? There have been times in my life I needed the mercy, right? I was edgy. There was times in our marriage she needed mercy. There's times where your kids need mercy. There's times where your coworker needs mercy. There's times where your boss needs mercy. There's times where your employee needs mercy, right? We all are in need of 
of some mercy, of some mercy. I brought a, I brought a football. Football season is in full swing uh, for us, right? And, and, uh, um, and so got, got a football. I left it in there because I didn't want it like rolling around everywhere uh, on me today. But, but uh, in football, right, you, you, you've got a couple really key uh, components, right, on offense. Uh, one, of, one of those being a receiver. Uh, and I, I think nothing is more fascinating than watching just a great receiver. You know, I mean, they can leap, they can, the one-handed, you know, you're just like, how, how is this even possible? And it's, it's just incredible what they're able to pull off. And, and I think, again, what's so fascinating about a great receiver is that, what is it? They're just a great receiver. They're great at catching what the quarterback is throwing. Can I be honest, though? A lot of us in church still have never learned how to receive the mercy of God in our life. We just have yet to become a great receiver of what God is throwing. You made a mistake five years ago, and you still can't forgive yourself. We need to work on your reception. You're beating yourself up mentally again and again and again. You wouldn't talk to your best friend the way you talk to yourself. But, it, but it's like what's so funny is like you'll, you'll give mercy to other people, but you don't think you're deserving of it because of what you did or what you went through or your thought process. But you are also a person whom God loves, whom Jesus died for, who is in need of mercy. And if you'd give it to somebody else, why not give it to yourself? Because no one is perfect. You are in need of mercy. So church, we want to be good at receiving mercy. We want to catch mercy and catch it well because our Father's throwing it. And, right, you also need the, the quarterback. Church, we want to be good at throwing and giving mercy, right? What I've, what I've found in church people, it's kind of funny, the, the church people that are often the ones that are mean and hate-filled and just angry and judgmental, you know what I've found? They're often the ones that are also terrible at receiving mercy because you can't give what you don't have. Until I catch the mercy and the goodness and the grace of God, I can't give anything. I don't have anything to offer, right? Like Paul talked about, he's like, man, before Christ, you guys were hated and hating. You're in this cycle of anger and hate and frustration. But when you come to know Christ, one of the first things you encounter is mercy and grace and goodness and love. And so not only do I need to receive this thing, I want to offer this thing because we're all in need of mercy, and I want to get good at catching it. I want to get good at throwing it. One of my favorite verses in James 2, 13, it simply says this, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God would rather give you mercy than judgment. Maybe you walked into church today, and you're like, yo, pastor, that was fun, but I think God hates me. I think he's mad at me. I think he saw what I did last week or five hours ago or whatever it is or five months ago. I think he's mad. And, and I, I would really like to kind of confront that this morning and say, actually, he's dealt with all of his anger on the cross. And today he'd love to extend you some mercy, right? When my kids do something bad, what, what's the, when I catch them, right? They're like, oh, dad's mad. You know, I caught him the other day. I'm like, are you angry? You know, it's like one of the first things you don't know. Today, your father's not angry. He's not mad. He's just madly in love with you. And he wants to extend you grace and mercy this morning. So church, we want to be good at receiving mercy. We want to be good at throwing mercy. As I, as I close down today, I want to ask you two, I think, profound questions. First one, where do you need to receive God's mercy in your life? Where are you beating yourself up, not forgiving yourself, holding on to your past, you know? 
I mean, your past won't stop you, but holding on to your past will. I think there comes a point where you have to let it go and trust God with your past. So where do you need to receive God's mercy? Number two, who do you need to extend mercy to? Your spouse? Are you being, you know, edgy, crispy? Yeah, a coworker, a child, a parent? Who, who needs mercy from you, right? And we can't give what we don't receive. So I want to receive it well from God, and I want to sow it well. I want to, I want to give it well. Would you pray with me as I wind down today? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your word on mercy. I think we are all a people in need of of mercy, of grace, and of help. And Father, this morning, we want to be receivers of mercy. In fact, with all eyes closed for a moment, if you want to receive the mercy of God in your life, would you just lift your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, a whole chunk of us. I love this. You can put your hands down. Thank you for that. So, Father, you saw those hands. Lord, I ask that you would extend your love, your mercy, and your forgiveness to them right now because mercy allows for new beginnings. It allows for transformation. And, Lord, maybe there's another chunk of us in here this morning. We're not very good at giving mercy. And Maybe there's somebody in our life right now that we need to extend mercy to and forgive. So the second part of my prayer, if you're here this morning, you need to forgive somebody and sow some mercy. Would you just lift your hand and say, this is my act of faith right now. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you. I'm going to choose mercy and forgive them right now. So, Father, I thank you that you are working in our hearts, both in receiving of mercy and of giving mercy, because we want to be a people of mercy and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys give it up for like a fourth of the people that lifted their hand this morning as God is working in their life? I love it. This is a beautiful thing. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.